This is Millennial Ministry, the podcast of Young Adult Ministry at Village Presbyterian Church. The views and opinions expressed here are solely those of the participants and not necessarily those of Village Presbyterian Church or the PCUSA. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, Hallie here. And today, because of the miracles of technology, I am joined by Trenton Smith. Hey, everyone. Trenton has been doing some of the exegesis work on our words of the week these past couple of weeks. If you've been reading those reflection guides, which I know you have, you can see Trenton's work there. So he's joining us today to help us begin our reflection on this week's word. So what exactly is this week's word, Hallie? This week's word is revealed. So it comes from... Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 through 19. Trenton, will you read those couple of verses for us? I can do that. All right, everyone, here we go. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. So this week's word is revealed. We're in this week after Easter. And all that was so hard for the followers of Jesus to understand while he was alive is now being revealed in this part of our story. And in our life together, living in these days of pandemic, well, I think that hardship has a way of revealing certain things to us. So Trenton, tell us a little about Paul and where this passage is coming from. So, Paul it should be noted, is an exceedingly complex figure. He is by far the most influential figure in the early Christian church, but he was also among the most controversial. So for today, we're going to focus on his work in Romans, because that's where we find Paul at his finest. His letter to the Romans was written from Corinth, which is um, in the southern part of Greece now, after he spent about 10 years traveling around the Aegean Sea, spreading the gospel and honing his message. There's a little Jeopardy trivia for you if you ever get the chance to use it. Mm -hmm. In that time... um, The Aegean was a center of the Hellenistic world. So that's just a fancy word for the Greek world. Those of you who are in sororities and fraternities will be familiar with the term. Paul had learned to hone his message and debate with the intellectuals. That's who lived in Greece. But now he was ready to set his sights on the biggest prize of all. He wanted to go to Rome. So by the time Paul wrote his letter to the Romans, which is around the winter from 55 to 65, Christianity had already reached Rome. Rome was packed with synagogues, and the Jews had been spreading the news of the Christ who was crucified and resurrected. So the Jewish people were very much into their rituals and customs. They were insisting on circumcision for all new converts to the faith, among other things like dietary restrictions. So no meat and cheese together and circumcision were not the best selling points. So Paul uses his letter to the Romans to lay out a new understanding of salvation that is for all people. Jew and Gentile, if you've heard that phrase, through faith in Christ. It requires nothing more than faith. So his position was radical, even though to us it seems common sense. So in our text for this week, Paul is finishing a section on the assurance of salvation that had spanned the previous three chapters. The phrase, our present sufferings, isn't specific to Rome. So we're not supposed to read that and think, oh, this is what the people of Rome were going through. This is a letter, this is something that we should read as the things in life that we're all going to suffer, like betrayal and hurt and loss. But all these present sufferings are nothing compared to the glory that is coming. So the word revealed is used twice in these two verses. And I think it's worth looking into this a little bit more. 
it implies a glorification that we have yet to imagine. So here's how I want you to think of the word revealed, the eager longing that we read about in this passage. One theologian says that it's better translated as uh, waiting on your tiptoes with bated breath. So the best analogy is to remember when you were a kid and you were at the top of the stairs on Christmas morning and you knew what was downstairs, you knew it was going to be great, but you couldn't imagine how cool it was going to be. That is what it means to be waiting for a revelation with eager longing. We're just, we're just hanging on by the tips of our fingernails until it's time to see it. I love that. Suffering, glory, hopeful, anxious, Christmas morning kind of waiting. These are themes that are present in our life together right now, maybe more so than ever before. But um, I feel like we should say a word about suffering. Yeah, I'm not sure that word resonates with me. There's a lot worse suffering in the world. Right. I, I personally have trouble with this word. Um, if that word doesn't speak to you, you can try something else. Maybe try hardship. Uh, play with it a little. Know that it's a translation. But also, there's no grand scale of suffering in the world that makes your hard experience not matter because someone else's is worse, right? We understand that. Like, Every day of this experience, I mean, at least for me, and I know some of you, it's just very different than every other day. Our experience is a little unpredictable. This collective grief that we're in feels different every day. I get that. And so some days I feel really grateful. I live in a great place and I'm financially and employment-wise secure. I've got all the scotch and wine and West Wing because I sometimes escape to an alternate reality and flowers that I need. My apartment is full of color and happy. Mm-hmm. And some days I just want this to be over as soon as possible. My best friend lives 100 feet away from me and I can't see her in person because of a virus that I can't see. In my French Bible, uh, when they translate these passages, they use a word that instead of just meaning suffering, it also means that you're awaiting delivery from something. It implies that it's hard because we're sitting in this moment and we know it's going to be over. We know that it can't be forever, but it just flat out says that we have to sit in the suck for a little while. Yeah. We have to sit in the suck for a little while. So there's moments in this that have been really rough and for all of us in different ways. And so I just want to say it's totally fine and valid to allow yourself to acknowledge those moments as suffering We didn't choose for the world to be this way. We are doing the best that we can. And the hard parts are okay to acknowledge. Right. And it doesn't invalidate others' moments of suffering to realize you're having some yourself. And that's regardless of what the guilt police on Twitter says. Exactly. So suffering, hardship, whatever speaks to you there. What is always true is that while we don't want for the hardship, these moments do have a way of revealing things to us. It's in the midst of hardship that we often have these new, valuable truths revealed to us. And so with this word this week, we are wondering, what are you learning here? How is hardship shaping your hope? What is it that you are looking most forward to on the other side? And what might those longings reveal to you? And maybe it's important to note that the revelation doesn't happen all at once. This is not an immediate thing where the lights come on and we're suddenly blessed with Oprah Winfrey music as we have our moment of understanding. Revelation happens a little at a time as we wait. It's been said by a mind that's fairly important to the Presbyterian Church, John Calvin, the OG, that genuine wisdom is the knowledge of God and of ourselves. 
And the only way to get that knowledge sometimes is to sit in suffering, to sit in the suck and to wait. Yeah. So I think the practice here is to start to consider your longings. What are you wanting and hoping for? And if we really start to pay attention, I think that eager longing might begin to reveal some things to us, even a little at a time. So here's the question. How are you paying attention to your longings this week? So here's what I did today. I wrote this out in our reflection guide. So you can find that at villagepressya.org slash word. Here's something to try. Grab a pen and a paper, or maybe the journal you've been using in this season. And without thinking too much, make a list of everything that you miss most in these days. What are you longing for? I came up with at least 33 things. That's the number I'm giving you. There's 33 lines on a college-ruled piece of paper. Jesus was 33-ish when he died. Just go with it. So make a list of at least 33 things and look at your list. Every day this week, review your list. Cross off the things that were maybe more about your hungry stomach than about your heart. And add some things that you want to long for. Ask yourself, What are you learning from your longings? What's being revealed to you through your list? Review and change and edit your list all throughout the week. And then when you're done, send us your reflections. Tag us on social media at villagepresya. Email us at hallie at villagepresya.org. People can text us now too, right? Yeah. So text the word word to 474747. And you can do any of these things to be on our list for our local business card giveaway that we are doing in these weeks. We really just want to hear from you, want to know how you are reflecting in this time. And since prizes are fun, we're giving out some gift cards to our local businesses in this season. So what is being revealed to you in this week? We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.